Well, what is going on, my friends? Here we are at Fresh Life. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited uh, to be with my Fresh Life, my family over here in this part of the country. Uh, yes, your favorite half black, half Mexican friend is hanging out with you guys. Don't forget, wherever you're at, I would love for you to turn to somebody and just say, aren't you so glad that Carlos is here? Go ahead right now. Like wherever you're at, aren't you so glad that Carlos is here? That's great. Your accents have not gotten any better than last time I was here. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm just really excited to be speaking for a few minutes. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I feel like this message is going to uh, challenge some of you guys, maybe make you even a little bit uncomfortable. But the beautiful thing is that uh, I'm visiting, and so you can email all your complaints to Pastor Levi uh, and Jenny when this is over. But no, I don't think this is going to be complaining. I think that the Lord has actual incredible things on hand and in store for every single person that is watching this. So before I even start right now, what I'd love for you to do is, is go ahead and share this, you know, on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you're at, share it on social media and let people know because I honestly feel, we're, we're talking about my book, Enter Wild, that there's far too many Christians these days that are living in a state of mild. That there's far too many Christians that have looked at 2020 and we've seen what it's done to us, right? Like, like we've seen that 2020 has absolutely assaulted our hearts. It's assaulted our souls. And, and what I've seen so many Christians do is they've backed up and we've kind of hidden. And we're kind of hiding like, okay, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Because maybe when 2020 is over, maybe at that point, I can feel what John 10, 10 is promising. You, you, you see, the whole point of Enter Wild is this. I based it on John 10, 10. And John 10, 10 says this. Uh, a thief comes only to steal to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the half. No, 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 no. It says have it to the full. But, but can I tell you something? 2020 has actually, it's actually calling out John 10, 10. Like, like 2020 is going like, oh, really, John 10, 10? Like life to the full? Like, like this is really what you think you can give life to the full? Let me show you what I've got. And, and let's look for just a second at what, 2020 is done for us. I mean, we've got, I'm just going to read some of these. The Australian bushfires. This was at the very beginning. Some of you guys don't even remember this happened. That was actually 2020. Okay. It, it, it actually, it burned hundreds of thousands of acres. It, it, it killed over 1 billion animals. Kobe Bryant tragically passing. A pandemic spreading across the planet. My mom got COVID and I couldn't get to her because I live in Nashville. She lives in LA. The Olympics got canceled. The tragic death of George Floyd. Civil unrest because of that. The Nova Scotia mass shooting. Murder hornets, right? Flint still has no clean water. Locust swarm of biblical proportions are devastating African crops. Chadwick Bozeman passed. The Sahara dust storm. The Beirut explosion. Our economy collapsed. Unemployment. And now we even hate our relatives because there's a presidential election that's coming. So 2020 so is looking at us like... Okay, John 10, 10, show me. Show me what life to the full is. But can I tell you something? This is bad news. I'll tell you, this is bad news. Like, like we're exhausted, but here's the good news. The good news is John 10, 10 is true right here, right now in 2020, okay? You may feel, you may feel miles and miles away from the grace of God. You may feel miles and miles away from the goodness of God. You may feel like the Holy Spirit is thousands of miles away. But can I tell you something? You may feel that, but the gospel is not dependent on how you feel. Here's the truth. 
The gospel, it doesn't matter how you feel. The truth is that wherever you're sitting right now, the Holy Spirit is right here with you right now, ready for you to leave mild and enter wild. You know, John Eldridge is one of my favorite authors. And in one of his books, this is what he says. He says, the accumulation of event after event that we are assaulted by erodes our confidence that we are a part of something grand and good and reduces us to a survival mindset. We've been told that we matter to God and we sort of believe it, but life has a way of chipping away at the belief that he means us well. Isn't that so true? 2020 has chipped away. I'll be honest with you. It's chipped away of what I believe John 10, 10 could have meant for me in 2020. It, it begins to slowly erode what John 10, 10 means. I mean, we all got questions. Why did, why did my mom get sick? Your question may be different. Why did I lose my job? Why did that relationship end? And, and the horrible thing is that we begin to make agreements when, when the fabric of our lives begin to erode. And the agreement that we make about John 10, 10 is actually this. We are either blowing it that's the agreement, right? Like if things aren't working out, well, then we must be doing something wrong. So that's agreement number one. But agreement number two is, well, God must be holding out on us. You know, maybe God's actually holding out on us. Maybe, maybe I've blown it and he's just looking at me like, I, I, I'm just not going to give it to you right now. And so because we make these agreements, this is what ends up happening. We take the life that's in John 10, 10. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life, or there's another translation that says, have it in abundance. And what we do is we translate that life to mean eternal life. So suddenly John 10, 10 can get a little safer for us, right? So suddenly we're like, well, Jesus had to have been, he couldn't have been talking about like this life. Because this life, this life is horrible. He's got to be talking about eternal life. But, but can I tell you something? The promise of John 10, 10 is not for after you die. The promise of John 10, 10 is for here, right here, and right now. Like, it's for here. And so, like, when I got married to my wife, and we had these vows that we committed to each other, the vows weren't for when we retired, right? The vows were for right now. So just as when you get married and you make vows for this next season, John 10, 10 is for this season right now. It's not for after we're actually living in eternal life. Like eternal life doesn't start when you die. Eternal life starts right now. So therefore, even those of you guys that are saying, well, it's eternal life. Well, guess what? Eternal life is here and now. And John 10, 10 is giving us availability to the fullness of God right here and right now. You didn't become a Christian so that you can wait for heaven. We actually became Christians so that we can bring heaven. You, you see, it's, it's such a subtle shift, but it's so true. So don't just sit here and wait for heaven to come. Wait to get past all the trauma and trials in your life. Jesus didn't die on a cross so that you can cope. He died on a cross so you can be free and so you can be more than conquerors. So, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna just press in for just a few minutes on what it's going to look like to actually not cope anymore. What it's going to look like to actually not wait for heaven, but actually bring heaven. You know, Scripture, Paul tells us all throughout um, Scripture and the epistles that eternal life is, is for here and now. The goodness of God is for here and now. First Timothy 4.8 says this. 
For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and life to come. You see, it's not just for eternal life after we die. It's for the present life here and now. So friends, no more sitting out 2020. We are no longer afforded the opportunity with everything that's happening in the globe and on this planet. You as a Christian are no longer afforded the opportunity to sit on the sidelines. It's time to actually go forward. And honestly, this is what I want you to do. I think you can exchange worry for wonder. I think you can exchange anxiety for amazement. And we're gonna lean into exchanging mild for wild. So that's what we're gonna do. Remember, John 10, 10 doesn't mean that you're going to get a nice car, have a happy family, nobody's gonna get sick, you have a nice vacation house. John 10, 10 and abundance has nothing to do with accumulating things and everything to do with accessing the king. Can, can I say that again? John 10, 10 has nothing to do with accumulating things and everything to do with accessing the king. So when we have access to the king of kings, the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection and the authority that Jesus Christ has actually given us in his ascension, friends, you are gonna move from mild to wild. I promise you. It's gonna be one of the most encouraging times in your life and I think you're ready to step into what that looks like. So the first thing we've gotta do, you guys ready? The first thing we've gotta do is enter rest. Wherever you're at, I want you to say out loud back to me, enter rest. Everybody. Enter rest. Okay. Entering rest is step one to entering wild. When you enter rest, it actually has nothing to do with lowering your blood pressure. That may be like a fringe benefit of entering rest, but the reason why we want to enter rest is actually so that we can hear the voice of God. Friends, before you can get to wild, you've got to understand and realize that you were created for conversational intimacy with Holy Spirit. You were created to literally hear the voice of God. And the only way we can do that is, I like to say it this way, when you lower the volume of life, the volume of God goes up, okay? Lower the volume of life, the volume of God goes up. And so in this conversational intimacy, let me show you how we were actually created. I mean, scripture tells us all the time that we were created to hear the voice of God. We're gonna look at a few scriptures in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, okay? So this is really cool because it's actually, chapter 10 is what we were talking about, 10, 10. But now we're gonna talk about 10, one through four. And watch, this is what it says. Very, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Thank God, that's Jesus himself, right? The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and watch this, and the sheep listen to his voice. We were made to listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, thank God, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Number two, ding. Let's try it again. Let's move to number 16. Chapter, verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. And then verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We were created to hear the voice of God. You were created to hear the voice of God. And I'm telling you right now that the way you can do that is just to slow down. We, we've got to slow down. 
Well, one of the people in scripture that I love, I love his relationship with people that he was telling to slow down all the time because he was always telling people to slow down was Moses, okay? Moses had a tough job, right? He had the tough job to free the Israelites and like to lead them to the promised land. And I'm telling you, he got so frustrated with these Israelites. I mean, he was so frustrated with them all the time. One of his last uh, kind of great speeches that were recorded in scripture is in Deuteronomy 27.9. This is what he says to them. It says, then Moses... And the Levitical priest said to all of Israel, be silent, Israel, and listen, exclamation point. I I love that. It literally says he screamed at them, be silent, shut up. Stop talking and listen. You have now become the people of the Lord your God. You know, he had such good news for them, but guess what? The Israelites were so busy doing things. They were so busy living. They were hustling. They They were going as fast as they can that he had to tell them constantly, to stop, to be quiet, to be silent. I mean, then, then we can go back to uh, Exodus 14, right? To, to the beginning of his relationship with the Israelites. So you guys remember that story. He's, he, he's freed them from the Egyptian army after years and years of slavery. And they're, they're running as fast as they can. He's like, I promise there's freedom coming. So they're running, they're running, they're going. And then what happens? Like they end up at the edge of the Red Sea, right? And they're like, oh no. And they look behind them and guess what's behind them? The Egyptian army. So suddenly, they're standing on the edge of the Red Sea. They look back at the Egyptian army, and they start freaking out. And suddenly, they don't lower the volume of life. They're raising the volume of life. And they're screaming at Moses during the story. They're like, what are we going to do? Like, you should have left us back in Egypt. There were plenty of graves for us back there. Now we're going to die in the desert. And I love what Moses says to them. He actually says, this this is where the rescue comes in. He says, stand still. That was 30 seconds of stillness. And some of you guys were freaking out. (laughs) Oh my God. Did he forget his line? It's so quiet. What's he doing? Oh man. I wish I could see your faces because I know you were freaking out. You You couldn't handle 30 seconds of silence. 30 seconds. Friends, do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want it? Guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to learn to lower the volume of life. You've got to stand still. Once you stand still, I mean, here's the beautiful thing. When you do, you stand still. Oh, God is going to begin to speak to you. You're going to begin to hear the voice of God. It's going to be incredible, but you've got to lower it, guys. I I beg of you. You know, I don't want to blame something, but I mean, we can blame our phones. Like, we're on those things all the time. It shows, right? It It actually shows us. There's studies that show us that the amount of content we consume in 15 minutes on our cell phones between the time we wake up and get out of bed. So many people, they swipe to their alarm off and then they start scrolling, right? The amount of content we consume in 15 minutes is the same amount of content that my great-grandparents would consume in a month. In a month. And we wonder why we can't hear the voice of God. You know, the average pace of a human being when they walk is three miles an hour. It's three miles an hour. If I try to sell you anything, 
that went three miles an hour. You look at me like I was crazy, right? Who wants something that walks three miles an hour? But the truth is we were created to exist at a three mile an hour pace. We were created to exist. And I want you to take a look at your life. And I want you to just take itinerary, to just take a look. Is there anything that moves at three miles an hour? The answer, I'll, I'll tell you, because I had to ask myself this hard question, is probably no. But Jesus' ministry was at three miles an hour. Jesus walked from town to town, city to city, and he, he, he moved at three miles an hour. And we're wondering why we can't hear the voice of God. Can I tell you something? The way to maybe catch up to the voice of God isn't by speeding up, it's by slowing down. I'll never forget, I was invited, uh, and I mean, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that I, I have a hard time living at three miles an hour. And I got invited to go on a fly fishing trip um, to uh, the Bighorn River in Fort Smith, Montana. Now, this was like five years ago. Now, I'm a city boy. I just want to be honest with you. Like, I, I love the city. And so when I got invited to go fly fishing, like, there was nothing inside of me that wanted to go fly fishing. I'd never touched a fish in my life. Why would I want to do that? That's gross. And, and like, 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 standing, like, waist deep in a river sounded miserable. And so I'll never forget, like, my, my friend kept begging me to go. And I was like, man, I don't do that stuff. Mexicans don't fly fish. He said, no, I'll come. I was like, well, then the other half of me, black people don't fly fish either. He said, no, you got to come. So I, so I show up, and I remember landing in Billings, Montana, um, it was the first time I'd been to Montana. It may have been the wrong place to land in when I first visited Montana. But anyway, not, nonetheless, as I land there, like, like I, I got picked up by this, this, this guy. I can't remember his name, but he had a shaved head and he had, he had um, a spider web, I, I think, like, on his, like, tattoo. Like, and he told me that he's, like, a former criminal. And, yeah, I'll never forget. He actually told me that, that um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave his criminal past alone. But anyway, he picks me up, and, and he drives me to the, to the, to the lodge. And I'll, I'll never forget, I'm standing there. And I'm learning how to fly fish. There's like this 18-year-old guy, and I'm, you know, everything's getting tangled above my head. And it, I was miserable. I wanted to go home. And then he put me in the river, and I'm like, way safe, and I'm looking for crocodiles. I'm like, is something going to eat me? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then I'll never forget. He's like, hey, look over there. There's a, there's a brown trout. It's rising. I was like, really? So I'm looking. He's like, I want you to cast that fly right in front of it. And I'm like, okay. So, so finally, after a couple times, I get it. He's like, watch, watch, watch. He's like, mend your line. So I'm mending my line. And I'll never forget. I see that trout. Go to the side, and my heart started pounding. And all of a sudden, I, he's like, okay, cast again. I missed it. And then it goes this way. My heart's pounding even more. And then all of a sudden, I just see the top of that trout rise up and suck down that fly. And my heart's pounding. He's like, set the line, set the line. And, I was, and that thing goes flying. Now there's flies out. He jumps up in the air, five in the air, and it comes down. And my heart's pounding. I'm reeling it in. I'm reeling it. goes, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And I finally get it in. And I'm like holding that thing. And I'm like, I'm alive. <laughs> and I take a picture. With this fish, I'm holding the fish. I put it back in. And the next morning, I was the first one in that river. And the next evening, I was the last one out. And there hasn't been probably a week or two that's gone by in five years that you haven't found me, this red Mexican, in a river somewhere, waist deep. Because when I lowered the volume of life, I actually found something that I was created to do that I didn't even know I was created to do. Guys, th there's wild things that God has for you. But some of you guys don't even know what those things are because you're going so fast that you haven't slowed down enough to even realize what you were created to do. I was created to be a fly fisherman. Who knew? But friends, I love it so much. And here's the other beautiful thing about it. When I'm out there alone in these rivers, and, and here I am in Kalispell, Montana right now. And trust me, I brought my fly fishing rod. And when I'm out there, that is when I hear the voice of God. That is when I'm asking him these specific questions and he's given me these specific answers. If you're waiting 
to hear the voice of God. Slow down. You see, God doesn't just want you to encounter him. Like, that's great that we get to encounter God, but he just doesn't want you to encounter him. He wants to encounter you. I promise you. Like, this is a relationship, right? You know, um, our father wants to encounter us. I got a quick story about that. My, my daughter, when she was, like, middle school, Sayana, she, um, she kind of like, you know, something happens to girls, tween girls when they get into middle school, and, like, I suddenly wasn't her favorite person anymore. And so she'd come home, and I, I'll never forget, like, you know, I'm always asking her, like, how things are going? She's like, fine. I'm like, oh, well, babe, how was this? Fine. I'm like, oh, and I look at Heather. I was like, is she on drugs? Like, what's wrong with her? And I was like, oh, no, you know what? I just, I just, need, to, I just need to encounter her. What, what, what is something that she's into? And she, I just remember, like, all the teen kids around this time, they were into flipping water bottles. You guys remember that? Like, like flipping water bottles. Like, this is what they would do with all their time. And there was, a, there was a YouTube video of a kid that actually won a talent show flipping a water bottle. So I need, I need to show you how into flipping water bottles teenagers were at this, this point in time, maybe 2014, 2013. And I need you to see that this, this kid actually won a talent show for flipping a water bottle. And I'm going to play this for you so you can see the excitement. Watch this. saw that, and I'm thinking, what has our educational system come to? <laughs> but then I also thought, you know what? I want to encounter my daughter. So I'll never forget, she came home from something, and I'm like, hey, babe, how was school? Fine. How was this? Fine. Hey, uh, do you want to go outside and do a dual father-daughter water bottle flip? <laughs> yeah, Dad. I'd love that. And so we went outside, and I was like, hey, babe, 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 I downloaded that song on the video the dun, 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 that, that was on that YouTube video, and what if we try to land it at the same time together? She's like, yeah, Dad, that would be awesome. And so, of course, I recorded myself like I always do, but I opened up my laptop, I recorded myself, and I want you guys to see what encounter looks like between a father and a daughter. Watch this. Now, yeah. Who was more excited? The father or the child? Oh, the father. We went inside. I remember I sat down. She doesn't remember this. I sat down and turned on the news, something she would never watch. She went to a room. I thought we had a moment. And I'll never forget, 10 minutes later, she just walked out and she sat right next to me. She just put her head on my shoulder. And she just sat there. And I was like, I got her. And I got her for about 90 seconds. Then she left again. 
But friends, these encounters are waiting for you. Holy Spirit is waiting for you to sprint back into his arms. So we've entered rest. We're hearing the voice of God now. Now what do we do? Now we enter war. Everybody say, enter war. Okay, so here's the deal. John 10.10 is opposed. Okay, it's opposed. It's it's opposed by what? By an enemy. There's an enemy. If we go back to the beginning of John 10.10, it says, a thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It doesn't say a thief comes to irritate, bother, and annoy. You see, I think a lot of Christians have, have translated that to thinking that the enemy is just here to, to bother you, irritate you, annoy you. No, the enemy is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. So listen, we've got to take the enemy seriously. We, we've got to understand that this enemy is here to oppose us. But just know that there's good news because we've already won. Like the only tactic, the only skill set that the enemy has, he's only got one, is he's a liar. And then that's it. He can only lie to you. He can't touch you. He can only lie to you. And when we start believing these lies, that's when things start getting worse. But I'm telling you, when we know the tactics and the weapons of our warfare, he, he, he literally cowers when he gets near you. He will cower towards you. I, I'll tell you what, like I, I used to struggle with, with anxiety and depression for many years of my life. I, I've been very vocal about this on social media and my blogs, if you guys are even old enough to remember what a blog was, but way back then, like I used to just talk about my anxiety and I, I used to like show pictures of myself like taking my Paxil every day so that people would, would know and I used to say things like, you know, God's given me enough strength to deal with my anxiety. I, I used to say that and, and I, I'm, I'm okay with saying that. But, but I think like, I was cutting John 10, 10 short when I would say things like that. Because th- that is true. Like, God has given you enough strength to deal with your anxiety. And he'd given me that. But guess what? God doesn't just want me to have enough strength to deal with my anxiety. Can I tell you what John 10 is actually saying? It's saying that God wants to free you of your anxiety completely and totally. And when I say that, a lot of people get a little worried when I say things like that. They're like, oh, no, here's a guy that's saying that I can actually be healed of this. Yes. Yes, like, like full and total healing of whatever affliction you have actually is possible on this side of heaven. Will it happen? I don't know. Can it happen? Absolutely. So since it can happen, why in the world would we make agreements with the enemy? Why in the world would we even remotely come to the place of, of thinking that it can't happen? But so many Christians have locked themselves up into this place of saying, I'm only gonna live as if John 10, 10 is saying life to 60%. But John 10, 10 is not saying life to 60%. It's saying life to the full. And so here's the deal. I, with my anxiety story, like I remember I did everything I needed to do. I, uh, I went to the doctor. I took medicine. I exercised. I changed my diet. I, uh, I, I did all the things I was supposed to do in the natural. And guess what? I did. My anxiety got about 60% better. And, and when, when, when whatever trials you're going through get 60% better, it feels like 100, Right? Like, like when you've been down at 0% and suddenly you're at 60%, I'm telling you, that 60% feels amazing. And then I, what we end up doing, though, is we just stay there. We just hang out there. But, but, but can I tell you these things? This is why we stay there. Because I think we're placing our hope in the wrong thing. I think we're placing our hope in the natural instead of in the supernatural. So this is what I like to say. Our help 
is in the natural and our hope is in the supernatural. Let me say that again. Our help is in the natural and our hope is in the supernatural. Friends, if you flip that, you're gonna live at 60% the rest of your life. But when you flip it back to help being in the natural and hoping in the supernatural, suddenly you are going to accelerate your healing. You're gonna accelerate towards your freedom. So the first thing when we enter war is we gotta remember that our help is in the natural and our hope is in the supernatural. But the second thing is this, and if there's anything you take out of this message, it may be just this point by itself because I think this could change everything. When I began to study the scriptures for this book, Enter Wild, I realized something when I looked at the way Jesus prayed. And this changed everything for me. Jesus when you look in scripture, test me. Go read the gospels right now. He never prayed the problem. Ever. Jesus only prayed the promise. Friends, when I realized and looked at my prayer life, I realized I'd only been praying the problem. I'd not been praying the promise. So, so like my anxiety prayers were filled with, God, I'm so overwhelmed. God, I'm so depressed. Lord, I'm so worried. I'm so filled with fear. And I feel like when we pray like that, the enemy looks at us and goes, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Keep praying that way. Because guess what? While we're praying, we're making agreements with the enemy. Do, do you see that? Now, now, is there a time where we can like just petition God in our despair? Of course but let me tell you this, when I switched my prayer and when I began to pray the promises of God instead of the problems, woo, healing began to happen, right? I, my, my prayers went from God, I'm so worried, I'm so stressed that I am the body of Christ and Satan has no power over me for I overcome evil with good. I am of God and have overcome him. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fear no evil for you are with me, Lord. Your word and your spirit, they comfort me. I'm far from oppression. Fear does not come near me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper for my righteousness is of the Lord. Whatever I do will prosper for I'm like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. Do you see what's happening in my soul right now as I'm declaring the promises of God over my life? In this moment, I'm getting healed. Friends, and I know you can feel it through the screen. The same is true for you. Stop praying the problem and start praying the promise. It will accelerate you towards healing. And, you know, praying the promises of God. You, you can sing the promises of God. That, that's, why, that's why fresh life worship is so incredible because when you hear these songs come out of this house, it does something supernatural inside of you. Why is that? Well, it's not because it's a great melody. I mean, that's fine. Like, melodies are good, and I believe music is great, but you're declaring the goodness of God over your life. Oh, and things happen. I mean, we, we see this actually happen uh, in, in Acts. We, we've, got, we've got Paul and Silas there in jail. I mean, I love this part. Watch this. It says that they're singing. They're in chains, right? And it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, it says, there was such a violent earthquake as they're declaring the promises of God, okay? It says there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Can I tell you something? It wasn't just Paul and Silas's chains that came loose when they were declaring the promises of God. Every other prisoner around them, their chains came loose as well. So your songs and your declaration during worship isn't just for you. It's for your sister. It's for your mother. It's for your father. It's for your friends. The declarations and the promises of God will free not only you, but generations around you. Oh, friends, I beg you to begin to pray the promises. And you will see that you are equipped with the weapons of warfare. Oh, and you'll be accelerated towards freedom. I, um, I, 
I, I know how, how hard it is to really trust the word of God. Like, like I know, I know it's, we, we've got so much other information available to us that it's so easy for us to, you know, bypass this and go straight to Google, right? Go, go, go straight to a podcast. You know, um, my, my, my family and I, we've got a, the most beautiful dog you've ever seen. It's a Bernese mountain dog. His name's Pope. I want to put up a picture of Pope when we got him as a puppy. And when you see the picture, just say, hello, Pope. Look at him. Oh, hello, Pope. He's so cute. Now, this is our Bernese Mountain dog. At, I don't know how, how old. I mean, he was, he was a puppy. We'd only had him a couple days. But then, I don't know, six months later, I've got another picture of my dog. And this is what my dog ended up looking like six months after that. Yep. There's Pope. Now, Pope is the fluffiest, happiest, kindest dog on the planet. And uh, we, we just moved in this picture right here. We just moved to a, a brand new home. And I'll never forget, we were only living there like two weeks. I'd already gone and met our next door neighbors. And when I met our next door neighbor, his name was John. He's like, oh, come in. He was the kindest man on the planet. He introduced me to his wife. He introduced me to his, his two dogs. His kids had gone to college, but he introduced me to his, he had a pet chicken named Stella. He introduced me to all the family members. And then so uh, a couple days after I, I met my neighbor, John, I'm driving around Nashville somewhere, and I'll never forget getting a terrified call from my daughter, Sayana, the one that I was flipping the water bottle with. And she's like, daddy, come home. And, and when, when, when you hear that kind of terror on the phone from one of your kids, like, like, you know, I, I suddenly went from brown to white. Like, I'm like, what, what's going on? What's happening? And I said, baby, what's wrong? Is something wrong with your brother or your sister? Nothing's wrong with them. It's Pope. And I remember thinking a little, feeling a little bit better. Like, okay, something happened to Pope, but at least something happened to my kids. I was like, baby, what's wrong with Pope? She's like, nothing's wrong with Pope. Pope killed Stella. The chicken. <laughs> no, no, my brand new next door neighbor's chicken. The pet that he named Stella. So I sprint home and I'm like, no, now I'm driving home. I put your mom on the phone. And my wife's like, you need to come home. And you need to tell your neighbor that your dog ate their chicken. <laughs> now, friends, I pulled into my driveway. And I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So, I mean, I knew in my heart I probably should just go over there and just apologize. But you know what I did? I opened up Google. And I Googled what to tell my neighbor when your dog kills their chicken. And can I promise you this? I got 14 pages of search results. And there were all these backyard chicken forms. And I remember like looking at them and I was trusting them all. And they, all of them just kept saying the one, one, one thing. If you're more sad than your neighbor is, then they'll forgive you. Well, okay. So I walked over there and I was like, be sad about the chicken. Be sad about the chicken. Be sad about the chicken. Knock, knock, knock. John's like, Carlos, swell day. How you doing, buddy? And I was like, get sad, get sad, get sad. John. I, I, was, I was trying to force like one Denzel tear to come out of my eyeball. Just one. But I don't know how to tell you this, man. But Pope got out and Pope got a hold of Stella. I think he thought she was a toy or something. But he was running around the yard and Pope killed Stella. And I couldn't even produce one tear. And John was like, no, Stella. I was like, oh, no. But right when he said that, my wife comes walking up right behind me with real tears in her eyes. And she's really crying. And she's like, John, we're so sorry. We're so, we don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. And immediately John goes, no, no, no. It's okay. It's in a dog's nature. And I thought, it worked. Google worked. Friends, how often are we treating our own lives like that? How often are we trusting Google over the word of God? Guys, we don't have to Google the information anymore. It's right here. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword right here. This is it. 
And so when you've got this weapon of warfare, you don't have to just cross your fingers anymore. We don't have to hope that when John opens the door that we've got the right words to say because Holy Spirit is indwelling inside of you. And Holy Spirit will give you the words. Ah, friends, the weapons of warfare are readily available to you. So we've entered rest. We've entered war. And now we enter wild. Everybody, wherever you're at, say, enter wild. wild. You see, here's here's the deal. This is what's available to us. These miracle signs and wonders on this side of the veil of heaven, we have access to. I, I, I love the way that, um, that the scripture in Isaiah speaks to it, what I believe is wild. Watch this. In Isaiah 43, 19 and 20, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. Friends, even if you're in the desert, abundance and fullness is available to you. Even if you're in the worst moment of your life, abundance and freedom is available to you. Let me, let me reiterate something. Living the abundant, full wildlife God has for us doesn't mean that glory is gonna fall 24-7. Remember, we're living in a broken world with trauma and trials. And oftentimes, like we've got to walk through the wilderness in order to truly enter wild. But we're able to receive God's favor and abundance even in the midst of those seasons. I, um, I'll end with this story. You know, this is a story of kind of all three, entering rest, entering war, and entering wild. I um, used to be a worship leader full-time. That was my job. I was like happy, like, dancey worship guy, right? And, like, I was making all my money doing that. And I, I remember very clearly that God began to speak to me that I was supposed to stop singing and start speaking. And, and that was scary because I, that was like all my income was this. And so I ignored him. And then people started telling me this. People were like, Carlos, like, I, I just feel like you're a thought leader. You're not really a worship leader. You could be, you know. And so I was kind of offended, right, also, that people would tell me that, like, my voice wasn't great, but I could talk really good. And so, like, I remember thinking, like, no, God, I'm not going to do that. And then finally, I started having these conversations with my wife. And she's like, you know what? And my wife's, like, super faith-filled, way more than me. Men marry a woman like this. And so when I told her this, she's like, well, then I guess you're supposed to be a speaker. So it's probably time to stop leading worship. Now, I, I, I am not in any way, shape, or form an expert in leadership, so I do not recommend what I did next. But this is what I did. I went to my laptop, and I had 87 worship leading dates that were coming up for the rest of the year. In one email, I canceled them all because I had such faith that God would provide. And I canceled them all saying, you know what? I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a speaker now, and I'm supposed to speak to, to important things. And so if you want me to come as a speaker, I'd love to come. Um, but I'm not gonna lead worship. And I remember thinking the next morning I would get 87 emails back going, of course, come be a speaker. We'll cancel Levi and Bob Goff. We'll cancel all those guys. You come. And I was like, yes, I can't wait. Woke up the next morning. The only emails I got were, congratulations for following the voice of God, but can we have our deposit back? I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Day two, nothing. Day three, nothing. Day seven, nothing. Day 10, day 10. I remember day 10. Because day 10 was the time that I started going back to God, going up. I heard wrong. This must have not been your voice. 
I must have misheard. I was in the wilderness. Suddenly, I'm, I, I remember walking into Home Depot, walking past customer service a couple times because I knew that maybe I needed to get an application. I was so scared that I heard the voice of God wrong, and I was also embarrassed because I told everybody. Day 13, nothing. Day 14, I get the first email in my inbox, and I'll never forget, I thought it was spam because the email said, the White House would like to invite you. And I was like, oh, delete, because it was email. I mean, it was spam, right? Like, I, I thought it was, it was just a joke or something. And so, I don't know, about 30 minutes later, I went back to my junk, junk folder in my inbox. And I said, let me, let me open that one more time. And it actually said this. this is, I still can't believe this happened. The White House would like to invite you to speak and sing at the President of the United States Easter prayer breakfast in seven days. The very first booking I got after 14 days in the wilderness was to sing and speak in front of the most powerful human being on the planet. Friends, if you're in the wilderness, can I tell you, wild is waiting on the other side of your obedience. On the other side of your obedience. Friends, friends, I'll never forget, like, I was like, what? Like, like this, they, I don't know, was Chris Tomlin broke his leg? Like, you know, like, well, why'd they call me? And so I was supposed to sing one song, one of my own songs, and then give a little talk before or after or during. And I'll never forget, like, I was so nervous. I, like, called all my pastor friends so I could, like, come up with, like, a 30-second sermon, whatever I needed to do. And um, we, we show up at the White House, and I'll never forget, I think we've got a photo. I, I walked into the East Room of the White House, and, the, and I go to the, to the table where we're supposed to have breakfast. And I didn't know this was going to happen, but if we can put that up, you could actually see, there's my name. What name is too over for me? I was not only going to sing and speak, I was going to actually have breakfast with the president. And now I'm really freaking out. So now I'm going to the bathroom and I'm praying to God, oh my God. I know that I asked to be a speaker, but I don't know if God wanted this one to be the first one. <laughs> Friends, I sat on that stool with so many powerful people in that room. I was supposed to sing a song, but then I went straight into what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I wasn't supposed to sing this song and I thought they were gonna yank me off the stage. But I knew that I had a moment to declare in front of the most powerful human being on the planet that we can make policies and procedures all we want, but nothing will save this nation by the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. My father, a first-generation immigrant into this country, a black man from Colón, Panama, that came to America in 1960. He's a black man that didn't even speak English. Strike one and strike two. His son was declaring the promises of God to the most powerful man on this planet. Friends, this is the wild I'm talking about. But, but can I warn you really quickly before we end? When, when, when the wild happens, I don't want you to start taking credit for the wild in your life. Like, like we can start walking with the swagger. You, the, all the good things are happening in your life. And, and let me tell you something that when this happens and the wild begins to happen, you can't take the credit. I'll never forget, like things went so good. I, I looked down there, the president of the United States is actually singing the words with me. I'm like, take that hill song, look at me. <laughs> and I, I remember walking off stage like, babe, that was awesome. I'm so awesome. And she's like, I remember my wife being like, tone it down, buddy. And we walk out of the White House. This is completely true. God is my witness and my wife. We're walking out of the White House. I'm like, I'm so awesome. We take one step onto the street, off the White House. Can we get a picture? And a bird craps on my shoulder. 
A bird took a poop on my shoulder the second I stood off. Listen, friends, we do not get God's glory. We do not get, I'm, I'm grateful that that's all that happened to me. But we've got to be careful and we've got to understand that wild is absolutely waiting. We, we, we serve a God who speaks to us. We serve a God who's silly with us. We serve a God who satisfies us. But can I tell you something? More than anything, we serve a God who saves us. And if you're wondering about all this wild stuff, can, can I tell you something? There's an opportunity right now that I'm gonna give every single person to step into something more wild than you've ever experienced. Right now, wherever you're at, I would love for you to pray with me. And, and as we pray, I'm gonna pray a very specific prayer right now. I'm gonna pray a prayer for maybe those of you that are watching this or listening to this going like, I want some of that, but I don't even know how, who this Jesus or Holy Spirit or any of this stuff is. Guess what? It's not complicated. You, we have a God who's created the earth and makes it spin and float. He sent his son to die for you. And because his son died for you, you have an opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God forever. If you give your life to him, step over from death to life for eternity. There's an opportunity for you to become a saved child of God. And I'm gonna give that to you. And I'd love for you to pray with me right now. Let's pray. Lord, I, I, I'm just grateful right now for every single person listening to this message. And I'm even more grateful for the opportunity that you've put inside of their ethos, inside of their soul, to begin to open up so that they can slow down, they can hear the voice of God. And so what I'm asking for very specifically is that your voice is booming right now. Father, may your voice be so loud. And I ask specifically for the ones that haven't heard you in years, that today is the day that they encounter the presence of Holy Spirit in their lives. And so I'm gonna pray right now also. I'm gonna ask for those of you that want to invite Jesus into your life to just repeat after me. Father God, I confess that I am in desperate need of you. Will you please come into my life? Fill every part of me. I confess that I'm a sinner. I'm, I confess that I need you. And I confess that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I invite you in my life. For it's by the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection that I say amen. Amen. Hey, guys, put your hands together. I'm so proud of you guys. I did that. So excited. You've been welcomed into the kingdom and the family of God right here, right now. And I'm telling you what, right now is a time where you get to leave mild and join me as you enter wild.